you can only have the right to put the extras in, the niceties, if the basics are satisfied. And the importance of basics is often overlooked because it's, it's not sexy. It's time for CX Education. Welcome to the podcast for enterprise CX professionals, the people who want to connect with customers on their own terms, before, during, and after a purchase is made. In each episode, you'll learn how to create experiences your customers love. Ready? Here we go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of CX Education. I'm Sunny Dami, and this episode is brought to you by Singe, a platform that helps businesses create mobile experiences customers love by connecting them with audiences on their own terms, when, where, and how they want. Today, our guest is Olga Patapsula, founding director of the European Customer Consultancy. Olga, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Sunny. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. Not only are you the founding director of the European Customer Consultancy, but you've created a globally certified CX toolkit, if I'm not wrong, founded a digital CX library called CX Panda. You're an author, speaker, judge on all things CX, and you're also the founding member for Women in CX. So I think it's fair to say that we have got a genuine authority on all things CX with us here today. So I'm super excited about this session, very excited to have you on board. And the first question for me is, how do you have the time to fit all of this in? When you were speaking, I was thinking, how do I have the time to fit all of this in? (laughs) I'm good at managing my calendar, I guess. And I'm so passionate about it that it doesn't really feel like a burden. It's, you know, when you do what you love, time flies. It's an exciting world to be in. Well, that's great. It's very true that, that having a passion for something does make it go go easier. And as I've said, uh, the list of your accomplishments goes on much further than the bits I just read out. Those are just some of the highlights. So it's super interesting that you've got such a passion for CX. Can you just talk us through where you think that came from and your journey into CX? I had quite an instrumental event or a period in my life to inspire me to do CX. Back at the time, I was working for GFK NOP, which is a global market research agency. And in such organizations, you get a really solid knowledge of voice of the customer methodologies, but very often you don't really see what happens afterwards and very often nothing really happens. So lots of people do lots of numbers and lots of insights, and then they get shelved. But this client of mine was very different. It was Thomson Reuters, and I was their key account lead to help them transfer their support centers from the US to Manila. And they did it in an absolutely customer-centric way. They used the insights from their customers to inform when their team was up to speed in Manila, and only then would they close their contact center part in, in the US. And that ensured that the level of customer satisfaction was always the same and they used customer feedback to identify training needs and digitalization opportunities. And that was sort of a light bulb moment for me. Oh, that, that's how you use insights. That's what we should all do. So I went on to seek a position to head up a CX function. And in that position, I stayed for the next seven years in an insurance company in the UK. And then I moved on to doing other things, but that, that was really the turning point for me. Okay. And super interesting. So it's very interesting. You there mentioned about acting on 
those insights and, and making those changes. And something I've heard you say before is using CX as the change agent within an organization. So I'd, I'd really love to, to drill down on, on that point. So once you've got those insights, what is it and how is it you feel you can leverage those insights to change an organization with CX at the forefront of that? Well, let's take a step back. Before you initiate an insight program, what do you need to think about to make that CX program or insight program work? And what is the objective of you trying to get to your customers, create this touch point, by the way, because asking customers is a touch point. And then what sort of information are you trying to get to make their experience better and why? So if we look at the business objective in my case that I just shared with you, the objective was to transfer one location to another location and do it in the best possible way. The way we defined that best possible was that customers always get the quality support that they need and the quality must not go down. To get to that objective, we needed to know whether we're getting more complaints when we're transferring the call center and what is the sort of satisfaction that we're getting. Are customers getting the right information at the right time? So we had a lineup of matrix to describe that best possible scenario. And one of, if one of those matrix wasn't performing from a customer experience point of view, we knew that we had to align processes, training programs, collaboration, and other internal mechanisms to support that customer objective. And that's what I call a customer-informed operating model. It doesn't mean that you hug your customer and you do everything what they wish. It means that you align your processes, people, technology to delivering value to customers. And that delivers value to your business. And and in that example, and presuming the focus on the customer wasn't the driving force in making that change. So there may have been other environmental factors or economic factors that that drove the change. But it's super interesting how you and the team thought to put the quality of service has to be at that same level and that's paramount in making that change. So I think that leads on to my sort of next sort of question of in Sinjin industry and many other industries I've worked at, the sort of common saying of the customers at the center of what we do, or the customers always right. Those are sayings that have been played about, but how from a, a CX perspective, do you then leverage that to try and drive change, making improvements for the customer experience to drive change and having CX professionals leading that rather than being a sort of secondary or tertiary step in, in any change process? I'm glad you bring this up and I'll let you in on a secret. I absolutely hate this expression, customer at the center, customer is always right. The reason I dislike it is because it's not true. And if a lot of companies are truthful with themselves, they say it's a nice saying, it's plastered all over our office, but where is customer on our board agenda? Do we actually start our board meetings with discussing what is it that the customer needs this quarter? Or do we start, what's the sales pipeline, what's the profit, what's the um, cost-benefit ratio? So what, what do we talk about at the leadership level? And this is right. Organizations have to function. 
And when we say customer at the center of everything, is compliance not in the center of everything? Or is employee not in the center of everything? So do we just forget all of the other elements of normal organizational functioning? What I advocate instead is this customer-informed operating model. So that we function in a way that delivers value to the customer, but also fulfills our organizational objectives and our obligations to our people. A classic example of that is when I do a lot of customer needs research. And sometimes we come across situations where customers say, everything's perfect, I, I love it, you're meeting all of my needs and great company. And then we do the same uh, exercise with the employees. They say, yes, this is because I'm firefighting all the time. I'm overworked. I hate the way the processes are aligned. I'm not empowered. The systems are all disjointed and you name it, right? So that means our focus as CX professionals need to be on improving processes or training and making sure that we monitor customer needs fulfillment, keep it at the same level, but make sure that it's a great organization to work for. We cannot expect our people to be advocates for a long time if we are burdening them with everything that they frankly shouldn't be dealing with. Okay. And so I love the saying there of the, the customer-informed process, but in terms of getting to that stage, where, where would you say we are on that sort of life cycle of, of CX? Do you feel... That we're, we're just at the outset, CX has been spoken about for a long time and lots of businesses get it wrong. And, and that's why there are podcasts like this where we're discussing it and talking it through in a little bit more detail. But on, on that life cycle, where do you think we are in terms of understanding and implementing CX philosophies or customer-informed processes? Where, where do you think we sit? We and my company in the European Customer Consultancy conducted a CX maturity survey a couple of years ago and the global CX maturity index turned out to be at a shocking minus 66 wow. on a minus 100 to 100 scale. And only 6% six, 6 of CX professionals said that their country had a high level of CX maturity. They rated it at 9 out of 10 and none rated it at 10. So I, I think that is, a, is an alarm call for us as CX professionals. Mm. Now, to achieve CX maturity is hard because CX mature industry or country would universally understand customer needs, compete on the basis of customer experience and adapt continuously to stay relevant to customers. It's, it's a great aspiration for all of us, but I, I really don't think we're there yet. What do you see? So your scale puts us very, very sort of far behind where I think a lot of people would think they are right now. And I think that's probably the nature of a lot of areas when you self-judge yourself, you, you generally think you're doing better than maybe uh, you are. So what do you think are the first steps that organizations need to take to realize where they are and then also make some impactful changes to get to where they should be starting that conversation or starting that journey even before they get to a mature stage so the challenges that people in that survey shared with us were in descending order creating a customer-centric culture 
that getting investment for CX projects and getting stakeholder engagement. And I'd like to touch on the second and third. So getting investment and getting stakeholder buy-in. And this would answer your question, where should we start? So we should start with an objective that the business is trying to achieve. Let's say if you are a CX professional coming into the company and a message that sounds like drop everything you've been doing so far and focus on what I tell you. I'm going to tell you to focus on the customer and so you should. It's just not going to get the engagement. Instead, if you say, look guys, you're trying to improve customer retention. I've looked at the analytics, I'd looked at your CRM, I'd looked at your campaign performance, I'd looked at pain points and customer journeys. Here are my findings. This is how you can improve retention. This would really help our customers. So that is about designing purposeful customer-focused experiences that also help the business. And it's also about organizational empathy and building that awareness within the organization that customers are humans, as odd as it sounds, encouraging that customer closeness through storytelling, through customer needs analysis, customer connectedness, having customer-facing days, that all builds that culture and helps you prove that you've got something valid to go on. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, you, you don't like the sort of customer at the center of everything because it's not. So then you've mentioned a little bit in terms of facing customers and customer days, but what, what are the ways to really get the customer at the center of what you're doing at that C-suite level? Do you feel we've got enough CX leaders within the C-suite? Do you see that changing in the, the sort of near term? And, and is that enough to drive CX as a company agenda rather than just for the CX team? It's changing. It's definitely becoming more of a thing. How to get CX to the leadership table is firstly speaking the business language. So why is CX important to the company? Why should you be at the leadership table? What do you bring to the leadership team? And yes, you bring the customer perspective. It's very important. How is that perspective connected to the goals and objectives of the company? Or maybe we should change the goals and objectives of our company based on what the customer is telling us. So the CX leader needs to be well prepared to speak both languages, the customer language, the business language, the employee language, and the process language as well. It's about this balanced view that would really help drive true customer centricity within the organization. And in terms of that customer centricity, there are obviously for, for many businesses, some of their key drivers are going to be certain KPIs, whether that be profitability, whether it be revenue, whatever that may be. Customer centricity, how, how do you feel CX and customer centricity can help then drive those KPIs forward as well? Because it's very difficult to, to sell something in when it's fighting against other KPIs. So how, how would you match them up or have a sort of relationship between focusing on one and, and improving the other? I can give you several examples to demonstrate that these KPIs are not necessarily conflicting. 
So I'm, I'm working with a client, for instance, who's started their CX journey by realizing that their employees have a very high level of burnout and they need to have operational efficiency. But they wanted to make sure that customers receive the level of service that they ought to receive. And it's in pharma company, so they're in addition to everything else, then in a highly regulated environment. So what we did, we conducted customer needs research and we identified the hierarchy of needs and the drivers for those needs. And then we made sure to focus people's activities on things that really matter and analyzed what are the things that they're doing that eat up into their value add time, but don't really generate much for the company or for the customer. Such activities might include dealing with repeated complaints that needs to be resolved at root cause, and then you don't deal with them. Updating customers on the status of their delivery. That can be done by a tracking system. And we actually had enough evidence to say that the expense that we're carrying by people doing it is enough to justify an improvement to a digital system. Um, and there were all sorts of other things. So in the first year alone, we managed to reduce operational non-value-add activities by 8%. And that's a huge saving in terms of operating costs. Yeah. So that on the surface, operational efficiency has nothing to do with customer centricity. But if done right, it helps the company and it helps the customer. Now the customers are also finding it easier to track where is their order or to not have to complain. There are other things as well that you can do. People on the ground, people who deal with customers every day know that there are problems. Right? They should have a, a voice, they should have a channel to discuss these problems, but better than that, to have the authority to resolve these problems. And yep. um, there is a, a great case of a mobile operator in Switzerland who created this um, co-design teams and gave them the budget for small IT improvements. So they were able to outsource things that would never ever make it to the IT roadmap because they're so insignificant to India and have it fixed quickly. So they delivered something like 300 fixes over a year. It cost them a fraction of IT budget and the experience became better for everybody again. Yeah, I think you, you touch on a really interesting point there that there are even operational adjustments, but there are many adjustments you can make within an organization which do have an impact on CX. It doesn't have to be a, a all singing, all shouting transformation to, to impact that CX. And I think one of the things you, you touched on there, we've seen a lot with our customers of automating some of the most common issues. So as you said, common complaints or order tracking. Actually, if you if you do invest in tools and channels to solve that, that sometimes resolves the majority of people, whether they be calling up, whether they're on a web chat, whatever it may be about interactions with your business and just create a better experience. And the other thing we've seen and, and I've seen and read about is the bar for improvement for a customer isn't actually that high. They just want the basics done right very well. And we're all consumers. We all have to contact utility companies. We order things online and whatnot. And if you think about it back to your own needs, if I order something, I want it to arrive when they told me it would arrive. I want it to arrive undamaged. 
And if I have a problem with it, I want to be able to resolve that problem very, very quickly. And that's at a very basic retail level. But if you, if you then expand that over to many things, I, I think we sometimes get bogged down with like, customers want this all singing, all dancing solution that, that will do everything for them. Actually, they don't. It's, it's nice to think about. It's nice to see, but if you get the basics right, the other things, things will follow. So it's, it's great to see that you are also seeing that and your clients are making those adjustments to, to make those improvements for the organization. And the thing is that if you don't get the basics right, you don't have the right to delight. Very true. Um, yeah. You know, it, I always use this example that what's your basic need when you travel? You stay in a hotel. What's your basic need? You want to sleep. Yeah. Right? If your hotel room, extreme example, unreal. If your hotel room doesn't have a bed, that's a failing experience. You cannot yeah. sleep on the floor. If it at the same time has warm cookies and a welcome note, is that going to solve your problem? Mm. No. You can only have the right to put the extras in, the niceties, if the basics are satisfied. And yeah. the importance of basics is often overlooked because it's it's not sexy. Very true. Yeah. So I wanted to slightly move the conversation on to a, a different point. I've been looking at some of the amazing things you've been working on and, and some of your achievements. And one of the things that you sort of most recently done and, and most recently working on is CX Panda. So you've created a digital library of tools and assets related specifically to CX. I, I recently joined and took a look and there's some great content in there. Can you walk us through sort of how you came about with, with this idea and why you then brought it through to, to fruition? Oh, thank you for joining and thank you for the feedback. I'm glad you liked it. The reason I started thinking about a digital library for the CX industry is twofold. Firstly, a lot of CX professionals spend a lot of time, money and focus trying to acquire CX knowledge. That then prevents them from spending that effort to make the change. To, to make CX happen. And of course, you need to have the knowledge to be able to influence your organization. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if that summary of all knowledge was available somewhere, like, you know, the Google for CX. So yeah. that, that became my vision for CX Panda, to become a go-to place for all definitions, case studies, articles structured by theme, by topic, to help CX professionals navigate that knowledge easily. And the second reason is that CX, I'm, I'm going to say an awful thing now, but take it in the right spirit. CX industry is a self-indulgent industry. We talk to each other, we take pleasure in agreeing or disagreeing with each other, but we need to talk to the business. We need to invite people from process improvement competencies from, well, we started doing this with employee experiences not so long ago, from financial backgrounds, from underwriting backgrounds, if you're in insurance, and really help us drive that customer focus in all functions. And again, CX Panda 
can be useful for non-CX professionals to help them figure out what is it that we're talking about there and how does that connect to their industry and their non-CX job. So it's like a company-wide instrument that yep. CX professionals can deploy. Awesome. Well, as I said, I'm now a member, so looking forward to the additional assets and, and resources and we'll be watching to see the, the future of CX Panda and where, where you take it. Then to... To wrap up, we're obviously at the start of a year and, and at the start of the year, you'll see lists and, and top tens and whatnot, but rather than, than asking you for a list, what, what I want to get from you is what would you like to see happen in the CX world in, in 2023 and beyond? If you had your sort of wish list of, of how to change CX or how to drive it forward, what, what would be uh, at the top of your agenda? Okay, I'll, I'll take my magic wand out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's seeing CX as a valid business contributor and with that having CX professionals at the leadership table influencing in the right way, making organizations more human centric. I'd like to talk about total experiences, not just customers, but employees and suppliers and the whole supply chain that also consists of humans and see more collaboration between functions and be guided by customer journeys and customer needs in decision-making. Brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm one that hopes we, we also see those changes come through. And I think we started to see a lot of that in some of the customers we work with and, and we support, but uh, it's great to have somebody like you really fighting the fight and bringing up CX on the agenda. I've had, uh, a brilliant time in this session. The time has just flown by. I've got a whole list of other questions that I'd love to get you back on for and, and going through again, but it's been an absolute pleasure, Olga. Thank you very much for joining us today. The pleasure is mine. And thank you to the listeners for listening to us. Cool. Thanks everyone. And uh, we'll be back with another session of CX Education soon. Thanks. That's it for this episode of CX Education. Thanks for joining us. This show is brought to you by Cinch, the technology company that helps you create mobile experiences your customers love. Did you enjoy the episode? Then make sure to subscribe to CX Education wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit cinch.com slash podcast to get instant access to all the latest episodes.